Morning, church. Uh, today we'll be reading from Galatians 5, uh, verses 1 to 13. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ. You who would be justified by the law, you have fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything but only faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offence of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettled you would emasculate themselves. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom to, as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Thank you. Good morning, church. Um, Summer at the bridge, it's kind of quiet, but the thing I like about it is it's, um, it's got this family feel. It's like a little fellowship, so I really like that. Um, I'm actually not used to such a small group. Um, it's been a while since I was last up here um, sharing a message with you, so I'm thankful that I get an opportunity this summer. Uh, I have not been anywhere else but Hong Kong this summer, and I'm sure a lot of us here are the same. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, Steph, my wife, is. Um, they, uh, she and the two boys, my two sons, went back to the United States in the first week of July. And they went back for basically the 4th of July. They were there for three weeks, and now they're in Taiwan continuing their vacation, and they should be back, should be back in Hong Kong uh, next week. Um, I didn't get to go back to the U.S. with them this summer. The plan was that I would go back for a few days, but that didn't end up happening because of my work commitments. And of course, I feel like I'm totally missing out. Some of the dads here who got left behind, and I call it the sad dads club, because the families went home, uh, would understand how I feel. So we've been kind of supporting each other. Um, but yeah, I feel, I feel like I've, I've missed out. So a, a coworker uh, at work asked me, in the office asked me this week, and he said, hey Les, um, you know, you're missing out being in the U.S. Well, what do you miss about the U.S.? Because I haven't been back in four years, not since before the pandemic. So I was asked, what do you, what do you miss about the U.S.? And I thought about it, and I, I, I said, 
well, you know, I, I miss the wide open spaces. I miss being able to get in a car and drive for seven hours and end up goodness knows where. I miss driving up and down the coast of California and watching the sunset. Um, I miss the air a little because every place smells a little different, and for some reason I miss the air there. And then my coworker said this to me. He said, oh, you know what, Les, you miss the freedom. You just miss being free. And I thought to myself, you know, I was a little confused. I said, freedom? O okay. Um, you got me thinking, what, you know, what is true freedom? What do we think of when we think of the word freedom? As Christians, what does it mean to be free? What does it mean to have freedom in Christ? And that's the title of today's message. It's, it's profound freedom in Christ. So today we're going to look at three points. The first is freedom in this world. Oh, it's a little small. Freedom in this world. And then we'll look at, um, we'll, we'll go back to Galatians, the passage that Wilson read earlier. And we'll look at what... Um, what it means to be free from the yoke of slavery, because that's what Paul mentions, the yoke of slavery. And finally, we'll look at what freedom uh, is in, uh, in Christ, and that's freedom to love and to serve. Uh, before that, let's pray. Lord, we're thankful because here in Hong Kong, we can meet and gather like this to uh, have fellowship, to worship you, Lord, in this place. And we're um, thankful for this place, for this building where we can gather, where it's comfortable and we have air conditioning. Lord, we're here because we want to uh, we, we meet you, God. And Lord, I pray uh, as, I, as I share uh, today, Lord, that you would speak through me. Lord, that the words of my mouth would be from you and only from you, God, this morning. We pray, Lord, that you would come and speak to us and speak to our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, freedom in this world. So there's a Greek philosopher by the name of Epictetus. Does any, has anybody heard, any philosophy fans? I'm not a philosophy fan. Ever heard of Epictetus? Essentially, he's a Stoic, and Stoics believe that men should have virtue. Okay, that was their thing. The Greek Stoics believed that they should have virtue. And, and, and this Greek philosopher named Epictetus asked this question about freedom. He said, is freedom anything else than the right to live as we wish? Nothing else. That's all it is. That's what he's saying. And indeed, the Greek word for freedom roughly equates to um, liberty. That's another word that we use to describe freedom, liberty, or to be exempt from liability. A well-known phrase in the, in the U.S. Declaration of Independence uh, states that a man's, one of man's unalienable rights is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. In fact, if we look at the Oxford Dictionary and we try to define what freedom is, this is what the Oxford Dictionary says. It's, freedom is the power or right to speak, act, or think as one wants. So with that in our mind, what do we think of when we think of freedom in our society today? For some of us, it means freedom to travel. We can get on the MTR, we can go anywhere we want. We're not stuck in Chongqing. There was a time when we might have been stuck in Chongqing not too long ago. Uh, for some of us, it means freedom to say what we want to say, to who we want to say, whenever we want to say it. Any of you um, relate to that when we think of freedom? 
not just the talking, but the movement, uh, being, being mobile, being able to go places. See, for many of us, myself included, freedom, the concept of freedom is synonymous with personal independence. The ability to make decisions for ourselves, to choose uh, what we want, to choose our own future, to choose our own path in life, to do whatever we want, whenever we want. Now, these aren't necessarily bad things, this independence that we talk about. It's not a bad thing. I mean, we, we, the entire process of growing up is about being independent, right? We teach our kids to be responsible adults so that they can be independent and do what they want. And at some point, kids, at some point, you're going to grow up and your parents won't necessarily be able to tell you what to do anymore. You'll be independent. You'll have freedom. And again, that's not a bad thing. But another concept of freedom is this, to experience freedom, to, to feel free. In order to be free, you have to be freed from something. Otherwise, you wouldn't understand what freedom is until you're freed from something. For instance, when Nelson Mandela was released from prison, he was set free from this jail cell that had prevented him from seeing the light of day for decades. When COVID restrictions were lifted in Hong Kong or around the world, all of a sudden we were freed from being stuck in Hong Kong. We were free to leave and we were free from all those crazy quarantine rules in case we've forgotten. For some of us students, once school exams are over, we're freed. We're free from the clutches of these schedules that keep us at home and we have to study till two or three in the morning just to, just to, um, just to be prepared for an exam. For parents, when our kids go to school, in that few hours that they're in school, we experience a bit of freedom, don't we? We get to run the errands that we want. We, uh, we get a little bit of free time. So we're freed in order to experience freedom. We need to be freed from something that's either restrictive or perhaps oppressive. That's how we perceive freedom in this world. Freedom in Christ, however, is very different. It's a lot more profound, and that's the title of the message today. It's, a, it's, it's, it's profound freedom. If you're a Christian and you've experienced the love of Christ, you've experienced freedom. Freedom from sin. When Jesus came to this world and he died on the cross, he died for our sins and he freed us from sin. The sin since the fall of man, which has gripped us, and for generations we have not been able to stand up against. Well, when Jesus came, he freed us from that. Sin originally kept us distant from God. We were not able to walk in the Garden of Eden with God like Adam and Eve did. It cut us off from God. And so when Jesus came, he freed us from that. And that takes us to our second point today, which is Christ sets us free from slavery. So I want to encourage all of you right now to, if you, if you have your um, phones or your Bibles, to look at Galatians 5 again with me. We're just going to skim over a couple of verses. Galatians 5, we read verses 1 through 13 today. 
In the beginning of Galatians 5, Paul begins speaking by saying this. It's an emphatic declaration. He says, verse, uh, verse 1, chapter 5, verse 1, for freedom, Christ has set us free. For freedom, Christ has set us free. There's a, there's a double emphasis here. And there's a deeper meaning as well. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Now let's take a look at the context here. Uh, we looked at Galatians months ago, and there's some background information on that, but I'll, I'll try and get us back up to speed. Essentially, the Apostle Paul had been traveling through the region of Galatia, and he had planted new churches there. And at the time, uh, Galatia was a very multicultural area. There were people from different parts of the region that were congregating in Galatia. And Paul had formed a church, or formed churches, he had started some churches, and then he went on his way and he continued traveling to other regions on his missionary journeys, and then he heard news about Galatia. So in the early churches in Galatia, you had Jewish Christians, so Jewish people who had accepted Christ, and then you had non-Jewish Christians, so there were Gentiles who uh, accepted Christ. So you have this hot, you have this mix of people who are either Jewish or non-Jewish, and they were Christian. And at some point, while Paul was away, and he was away for a couple of years, at some point while he was away, the Jewish people in the early church began demanding that the non-Jewish people adhere to certain Jewish rituals. In this case, it was circumcision. So essentially, the Jewish Christians were insisting that the non-Jewish Christians had to be circumcised, in keeping with the old Jewish laws, believing, they were believing that this would bring them salvation, or that would bring them or draw them closer to God. So when Paul found out about this, he was in another region at the time, when he found out about this, he, he was really upset. And you can see that in the language for the first four chapters of Galatians. So he writes this book, he writes this message, Galatians, and he basically tells them, this, this is wrong, what you're doing is wrong. He spends the first four chapters rebuking them. There's not much gracious language in the first four chapters of Galatians. And he tells them, you guys are basically reverting back to your old ways. You're going back to the old laws. You're believing that this is what draws you closer. I call this the hybridization of Jesus. In fact, there are researchers who call this cultural hybridization. And what do I mean by that? For example, when missionaries first started coming to China hundreds of years ago, they brought with them the message of the gospel. However, the Chinese at the time, and in fact, not just in China, but in anywhere, in where, where I came from originally, in Malaysia or Sabah, in, in the island of Borneo, um, when, when Christian missionaries first came and heard the message, they accepted it, they accepted Jesus. But they held on to little caveats. They held on to old rituals, they held on to old beliefs, they held on to old laws. That's precisely what's happening in Galatia, that's precisely what happens now when missionaries are spreading the word of Jesus. They're hybridizing Christ. This is what makes Paul upset. Paul then reminds them with this opening verse, he said, but for freedom, Christ has set you free. He's saying that to the Galatians. He's saying that to new Christians. 
that we are evangelizing to, he's saying that to us today. You are free if you have accepted Christ. You are free because of the grace of Christ. You are free if you have faith in Christ. And then he says this. Let's continue with uh, verse one again. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore. He reminds us to guard ourselves. Stand firm. He's saying that to us this morning as well. Stand firm and not submit again to the yoke of slavery. What Paul's doing here is he's equating the old Jewish laws to slavery. At the time, the, Jew, the Jews had this list, this crazy list of rules and laws that you needed to adhere to. Can anybody guess how many items were on this list? 613. And the belief was that if you can abide by these 613 rules, you're in God's good books. So is it any wonder that Paul calls it slavery, the yoke of slavery? Um, I have a picture of a yoke up here, if uh, you're wondering what it looks like, if we can pull it up. So here's what a yoke looks like. Um, this is a wooden yoke, and those two little wooden loops at the bottom are sometimes made of metal, and they're basically holding two oxen or cow or water buffalo, depending on what region of the world you're from. And we can go on to another picture here to see how that's being used. So here's water buffalo, I think, or cows. <laughs> and, um, and they're yoked together, right? And, and, and obviously they can't escape from, from that. They're, they're yoked. And that's what Paul's talking about here. He calls it the yoke of slavery. He implores the Galatians to stand against it and to not submit, it, submit to it again. So Paul says, that, says the same thing to us today. He tells us to stand firm against the old laws, but not necessarily the old laws. He tells us to stand firm against false teachings because that's what the old laws are, aren't they? They're false teachings. They're telling us that we need something else apart from Christ. There is no other way to God, church, except through Christ. Paul's reminding us of that today. And if we continue to think that and we continue to give in to false teachings, we become slaves to the world. But is it really the rituals that we're worried about? Is it rituals that are bad or is it traditions that are bad? No, we're, we're not saying that. I'm, I'm not saying rituals are bad uh, per se. I'm not saying traditions are bad. I'm not saying certain, uh, certain things, I'm not even saying circumcision is bad because that was one of the 613 rules that the Jews had, that you needed to be circumcised to be right with God. There were some other strange ones too. Your hair needed to be unkempt before you entered the temple of God. Can you imagine if the elders of this church stood there and as you come in, you're like, mm, you can't come in, had a bad hair day. We're, we're not saying that. Um, even circumcision isn't a bad thing. Wilson was reading this verse earlier, verse six, 
Paul says, in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision count for anything. Paul's reminding us today that if we believe in good works alone, if we believe in good works alone and rituals and that they help us or they're the ways to get closer to God, we've lost the plot. He's telling us all we need is faith in Christ. And that concept of faith in Christ and that grace that he has given us by what he's done on the cross is incredible and is as profound and is as radical in the time of, Gal- of the Galatians as it is for us now. Do not submit to false teaching. They are like a yoke of slavery which will control and enslave you. If Christ has set us free, if indeed Christ has set us free, then we have, we have reason to celebrate, don't we? We don't have to worry about the old laws anymore. We're freed from sin. And if Christ has set us free and we're celebrating, then that's, that's wonderful conceptually. But what, what, is that, what does that look like? You know, we stand up here, uh, we stand here in, in church on Sundays and we sing songs like, No Longer Slaves, at the end of the song, death was arrested, we say, we're free, we're free, forever we're free. Come join the song of all the redeemed. When I was a teenager, I sang this song at church called, um, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We can sing, but on a daily basis, what does that look like to experience the freedom of Christ? And that brings us to our third point. Freedom to love and serve. This spiritual freedom um, that we have in Christ really couldn't be more different than the freedom that we defined earlier, whether it's in the Oxford Dictionary or or this uh, concept of freedom uh, of being able to go anywhere we want and say anything we want. Spiritual freedom that we have in Christ is completely different. And as I was reading this passage this week and I was meditating on it and I was praying about it, 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 re- it, it kind of blew me away because we so easily revert back to the concept of worldly freedom that we forget what it means to be free in Christ. It blew me away. And I, I, really, I really wanna share that with you this morning. If you can uh, look at verse 13 with me now. In verse 13, Paul says this, but you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, love your neighbor as yourself. I'm gonna read it again slowly. But you were called to freedom, brothers. Yeah, we were called to freedom. What a great concept. Only... Do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. So wait, hang on a second. It says we are free, but don't do this. And when I first read this, I thought to myself, wait, isn't isn't that restrictive in a way? You're saying we're free in Christ, and yet we're not allowed to do certain things. We're not allowed to indulge in certain things. Here he says, Do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But you know, it gets gets more interesting if you you keep reading. 
Then Paul says, but through love, serve one another. Now I had to look this up, but the Greek word for serve here is dulio. That's, that's the Greek word. And the verb from that is the word doulos. It was a, 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 a Christian ship way back in the day that would call the port and sell books. It was called the, the, the MV doulos. And I finally figured out what it meant today. Doulos is the verb for dulio, which is the word for serve. And doulos in Greek means to be a slave. Now, hang on, that doesn't make sense. So let's, let's reread the verse again. But you were called to freedom. We're free. Great. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. And I think what Paul is saying here is this. You're free. We are free in Christ. But we're also free to say no to our flesh. Because we're free in Christ, we are free to say no to the flesh. And what does that mean? We're free to say no to our desires. The, des the fleshly desires of our heart, the worldly desires of the heart, because we have Christ, we are free to say no to that. And through love, serve one another because of what Jesus has done on the cross. We are free to say no to the flesh. We are free to serve one another. We are free to care for one another. We are free to take care of each other, to, to support each other. We're free to be slaves to one another. Isn't that profound? It, 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 it's such a paradox, but it is profound. What does that look like practically? Well, if after Sunday morning service, every Sunday I go out and hang out with the same group of guys, because it's what we do on Sunday, and that's our, our Sunday clique. Well, maybe today I'm free to say no to that. That's my desire, that's what I wanna do. I'm an independent guy, I can, I can make that decision. But maybe because I've discovered Christ, because I understand how much he loves us and what he has done, I'm free to say, you know what? No, I met another family in church or another person in church who needs prayer, who needs company, who needs to be cared for. We are free to say no to that iPhone 15 that everybody in the office says I need to have in December and I'm saving up the money for that. That's what I want, that's my desire. It's not a bad desire, right? But I'm free to say no to that because maybe we have church missionaries who need, who need that. Maybe we have families in church who might be in need. And I'm free to do that out of love. If I'm in school and we, I'm, I'm, I'm in, an, in, a, in a cool group, in a cool gang, and I notice a friend of mine who maybe doesn't have friends, isn't the coolest person. And if I go over and talk to them, my friends might say, hey, you know what, why are you hanging out with that person? You know, I, I'm free from that. 
I'm free from the expectations of the world. I'm free from how the world is going to perceive me and judge me because I've discovered Christ. And I'm free to say no to that. And I'm free to show love. I'm free to invite my neighbors who make a lot of noise, whom I don't necessarily like, but I'm called to love because I'm called to be a slave to the people around me. And why is that? Well, it's because of what Christ did on the cross for us. Because of what he first displayed, because he first loved us. Christ was rejected, he was scorned at, he was mocked, he was belittled, he was beaten. And he did what he had to do because he loves us. And by paying the price for our sins, past and future, he has truly set us free. All we need to do is submit to him and we'll experience this profound freedom. In the next um, sermon on Galatians, we'll be looking at that, what, 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 what that looks like when you begin to submit to Christ. We'll be looking at the next part of this chapter uh, here in Galatians where it talks about the fruits of the Spirit. But church, this is what freedom is. This is what true freedom in Christ is. It means we're free from our past, we're free from sin, we're free from the laws that bind us. We are free from slavery. We need to stand firm and look after each other and pray for each other and care for each other and make sure we don't fall back into the yoke of slavery. Christ has given, given us freedom from the bondage of sin. We're, we're free to fulfill God's purpose now. There is no more guilt. There is no more shame. Will we remember that this week as we interact with one another, as we pray for each other and check up on each other? Would we turn back to the cross this morning and remember what he has done for us on the cross? And will we remember that we are indeed set free, as John said, if the Son has set us free, you are free indeed. Let's pray. God, we're so thankful because, because of your love, your grace, Lord, we are saved and we are free. We are indeed free. And sometimes, Lord, we forget what it means to be free and we continue to pursue freedom the way the world tells us it should be or what it looks like. God, we know that amounts to nothing. Lord, we find excuses to try and draw closer to you, God, by doing works. Teach us, Lord, to have faith in you. Teach us, Lord, to trust in you daily. Teach us, Lord, to love one another, God. Transform us each day as we submit to you, God, so we can learn to love and care for each other more. We are free to do that, Lord, and we thank you we are free to love one another. We're free to fulfill your purpose for us in our lives, God. Lord, we're so grateful. We pray, Lord, that your name would be magnified, God, here at the bridge, that your name would be magnified in our lives. We pray all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.